with Teddy Lehman and Tyler McComas. And the message to all of you is, listen, when I, I arrived here in December 1, 1998, there was something to be concerned about, a lot to be concerned about. Four straight years without a winning record, no bowl games, da-da-da-da-da. Two years later, we were 13-0 and won the national championship. This place is in a hell of a lot better shape than it was in December 1, 1998. Yeah, and it still is. All these years later, we've had some ups and downs, but... Mostly ups. Not like that, huh? Yeah, well, once you establish an up like a national championship, then things, uh, you know, your downs look a little bit different than ever, than they did in the 90s, right? Yeah, and, and I think, like, Bob... The way it looked in December nineteen or December first, nineteen ninety eight, twenty five years ago today, by the way, that uh, Bob Stoops took the job. Where it looked twenty five years ago, I don't think he's just talking about the roster or the mentality within the program. I think he's talking about such things as like the stadium. <laughs> you know, I mean, it's not like sure. oh, you had a twenty five thousand seat stadium at the time, but their facility situation was not not great, and that was kind of. At the time, maybe a little bit before it, when the facilities boom was was going on in the sport, and Bob really helped you get on equal footing to a lot of those teams in college football. That that stadium got renovated rather quickly, and that that stadium turned around uh, really, really quickly from where it was when he took over in December one ninety eight. Yeah, it's funny how your 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 view of things change. I, whenever I was in school there, I I wasn't concerned with like the only thing that I wanted when they were going to put the upper deck and everything on the east side, like that was awesome, and the new indoor, that was awesome. Outside of that, everything else to me ended up just being a massive inconvenience. <laughs> Didn't care about any of the Shocker. rest of it. That's a surprise, huh? Yeah. Hey, I was at OU for four years, four seasons, and two of those off seasons were spent in the uh, visitors' locker room. Okay. Well, what was so, what was the joke? Bob started his career at OU in uh, like the team started in a trailer, or the coaches did, and uh, he ended his career kind of in the, the same trailer. way. Yeah, that's funny. Yeah. Yeah. While you're upgrading all those things for all the high school kids, like you're over there. In the visitor locker room and uh, and all that crap while they're trying to update everything. So, but that's awesome. All the way back this day in 1998. Wow, crazy man, crazy. Yeah. Greg from Lawton, the OU football machine started falling into disrepair under Snelly and Blake. Well, let's uh let's celebrate Bob Stoops today, shall we? I'm uh, curious from the text line. What uh, your favorite thing about him is, what you're most thankful for, essentially say something nice about Bob Stoops, something that he did uh, from now until uh, 25 years ago. For me, man, that like, that was my childhood, dude. Like gr- yeah. gr- growing up uh, at the stadium there, like getting getting used to the consistency that would take place with the program and, and, and all the high points that was going. I I had a really good childhood uh, in part two. 
OU football being good every single year yeah. of my childhood, essentially. That, that was that was a cool thing to grow up with. No, that's – it lit the fire again, um, which, you know, is, is something interesting. And I've had a couple – I've talked to a couple of people, and this has come up. Um, not to take anything away from this. Obviously, we'll – I can't wait to hear from everyone. But I, I think we need to do a better job. And when I say we, I'm, I'm kind of talking about the fans. I'm talking about the university. I, there was a lot of really good players that, that played at the University of Oklahoma in the 90s. Yeah. And, like, between Coach Switzer and between Coach Stoops, those players feel left out of everything. I could see that. And they don't, they don't feel welcome at... Uh, all of the alumni stuff, just because you know the the connections aren't there with the with the current staff and and all of that stuff. So we got to figure out a way to be better at that. I but, no, sorry, I agree. With, no, no, I, no. I, I think that that's that's good to bring up because I've heard a player from the '90s before, kind of essentially say, you know, if he tells someone around here that he played for OU, it's oh oh, well who who did you play for? And when he says mm-hmm. the year of the coaches, it's almost like, oh, like there's – and that's probably not every single interaction that that individual has. But, you know, you can kind of tell that. And, and that's very – that's yeah, like it's, it's unfortunate. So I, I don't yeah. know what that looks like or, or how they can do that. But you're right, man. Like they, they played here too. Different era, yep. but they're, they're still a part of everything like everyone else is. That's right. Um, but that was the change, 98. Needed it, happened quick. Uh, change is difficult, and it was difficult in the beginning. Just you, everyone's heard all the stories, but had to happen. Um, good stuff. Uh, let's see, rock and roll tequila and creating Drake Stoops. That's Shay from Olathe, <laughs> Kansas. <laughs> what they're most thankful for with Bob. Ohio Sooner says Bob brought that Youngstown toughness slash no excuses mentality to a program that was withering on the vine and turned into the most consistent winner in modern college football history. Mm. Brad says Bob restored greatness and national prestige at OU. Uh, Bob is real. Bob is a real dude, and da-da-da-da-da is what they're thankful for as well. <laughs> yeah, uh, good stuff. And, and here's, a right. good, here's a good one from Sooner Soldier. He did it the right way and never compromised his integrity. You know, there's a lot of programs that have won at a high level since 1998, but they moved around to maybe a handful of jobs, and maybe when they left that program, they left it in shambles. <clears throat> Urban Meyer talking to you if, if you don't you don't get where I'm going here. But not only did OU win consistently, like, integrity was always there, man. Like, they did it the right way. You never really had to question the way that the program was being operated, you know, in terms of discipline, things like that. Like, it was a it was a program that you could be proud of in multiple ways during that time, for sure. There's something to be said about that in collegiate football. Yeah. Yeah. Um, there's no doubt. That is uh, – It's and it's not easy to do, man. That I, I think – Winning is incredibly difficult. There's no doubt. Winning a championship in college football is, gosh, 
there's so much to it. It is, it is not easy to do. Consistently like that and the pressure that comes with that? Yeah, man. Yeah, but that's what I was going to say. It's like you could you could say you could go in somewhere and be like, you want to win a, we could win a championship now. We, you know, look at your watch and look at the calendar and say, we can win a championship by this date now. And I guess things have changed a little bit now with NIL and all of that stuff. But, you know, back in the day, you could be like, we could win a championship by then, but we all may have to go into witness protection whenever that championship's over with and we all leave here, (laughs) you know? It's like we, you may have to do things yeah. a certain way to get there. Never sold your soul for a championship around here. That's right. It never happens. That's uh, right. KA and BA coming back to coach the bowl game. What a class act. And, and here's, like, reason 853 out of 1000s why I love the text line is we can get a serious one like that, and then right below it it says, Bob's tequila makes my clothes fall off. So that's good. <laughs> <laughs> You never know uh, what you're going to get. It's unbel- I just love it so much. Good stuff. Good stuff. Well, um, do, do you remember your first interaction with him, by the way? I, was it at that football camp you got offered? I think it was. I think it was. Now, I went to junior day before that camp. Uh, that was my first interaction with university, current University of Oklahoma head football coach Brent Venables and a lot of the other guys on the staff. Um, I don't remember seeing Bob there or at least interacting with Bob there. I think I think my first interaction with Coach Stoops was uh, the handshake picture you get for uh. going to football <laughs> camp. <laughs> and I've got it documented. I still have that picture. How, how over under uh, three and a half? How many words were spoken during that exchange? During that, all fight? right, all right, picture, and that's it. It's like an Iowa football game over under. I'm taking the under on that one. The funniest thing about that picture I saw it not too long ago. I've got these tennis shoes on, and I think they're Asics, which I, I don't know. I'm sure they still sell Asics. I haven't seen them in forever. Yes, it, yeah, they do for sure, but. It's funny because I remember buying those tennis shoes before I went on a, a spring break trip to South Padre Island, Texas. Yeah, that sin all over those shoes, and then you brought them to OU That's football right. camp. I'm sure you could smell there the were, sin They were them. still sand from the beach. <laughs> Good stuff. Uh, 918, have you talked about the idiots in Stoolwater that sliced open the Longhorn? Disgusting, blanking idiots. We did last hour, but Okay, I didn't hear you guys talk about it. I don't know much about it other than, you know, this the picture I saw and the couple of little blurps. Did was this like a a drunken I hope like it was someone, drunken. I, I hope it was. I, well, I, I guess mean, what I'm not asking that's though a great is like, reason, but jeez. Did they drag it and leave it in front of their own uh in front of their own it may have been a different fraternity. It may have been a different fraternity, um, but the dead Longhorn was found on the lawn of an OSU fraternity at six thirty this morning. And okay, I guess the scuttlebutt is that one fraternity left it on another fraternity's front lawn, but that information—I don't know if that's one hundred percent. That's what it sounds like. Now I'll tell you what I—the first thing 
because my wife showed me the picture of it. You know, the first thing I thought, I thought, because you guys told me this week, and I didn't know, I'm probably, I guess I'm the only person on the planet that didn't know, that Quinn Ewer's (laughs) girlfriend goes to OU, right? Yeah, you are the only person that didn't know that. I thought someone killed the Longhorn, drug it in, in, in front of, the sorority house where she lived. Oh that's my gosh! Jeez. Well, that's what I thought. I was like, I mean, I guess I wouldn't put it past him now after this, but dang. Because that's the only thing that really makes sense. I, it's a horrible thing to do. Like you can't even describe how horrible that is. But it would only make sense like if you drug it in front of a Texas fraternity. Not an Oklahoma State fraternity, right? Am I missing something? Um, I, I, I don't know how much you're, you're missing here. I, I'm just looking at a tweet right now from a guy that works for 24-7 Sports. I think he used to cover Oklahoma State. Let's stop assuming the dead steer on Oklahoma State's campus has anything to do with the Big 12 championship game. Read the details. Yeah, oh, yeah dude. Okay. I will stop assuming that a dead longhorn on somebody's front lawn has anything to do with OSU playing Texas tomorrow in the Big 12 championship game. Now, now you're right. No coincidence whatsoever. That, that's the first time that that's ever happened. It's the day before OSU plays Texas for the Big 12 championship game tomorrow. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll stop assuming that, just like the rest of us. That's interesting. Yeah, um, I'll stop assuming that the dead ponies drug in front of the fraternity house in Oklahoma has anything to do with, you know, the football game you're about to play. Or Yeah, that's kind of a weird thing. Like, Is that some weird way to try to deflect off what's like, – who, whether it well, is or know. it's not, like, it's it's terribly wrong. Right? What, what's the point of that? I mean, who, who – Well, cares? here's the thing. I'm not a judge and I'm not on the jury – all I'm doing is looking at what's right in front of me, and what's right in front of me says, I don't know I don't know what, I don't know how, I don't know who, but that definitely has something to do with the football game that's being played tomorrow. Jeez, man. <laughs> Nerds. Yeah. I mean, do you have to, like, I don't know, man. I, all I got to say is I hope they find who did it. Man, and I'll tell you right now, uh, in Oklahoma, now I remember a story, and this is, gosh, this is going back so long, Tyler, but I remember a story of someone shooting a uh, a cow with like a twenty two or something and killed the cow, like I think some, I don't know, high school kids driving around or something. Like, that is a... That is a big-time offense in the state of Oklahoma, not just because of the cruelty reasons, but because that's somebody's expensive property that they make a living off of. And, you know, I don't – if they figure out who did it, buddy, that comes – that's not like a slap on the wrist, repay the farmer that – you uh, you took his they'll figure his out livestock. they'll figure out who did that and those people will be yeah that this is going to be a, a severe punishment man if Maybe I remember I, I feel like this this person this kid got like five years in prison or something Jeez, for us man Sam and Edmund says you got a better chance convincing me the 
officiating during Bedlam was on the up and up <laughs> before you convinced me this had nothing to do with the Texas game. Let's not jump to conclusions and act like just because, you know, we're going to the SEC, that horrible call on Drake Stoops in the corner of the end zone had anything to do with it. I like this one from the 405. Let's not forget what an OSU student did to poor Rudolph a few years back. And everyone has the same image there from the 2015 Bedlam game. Uh, or we all do except Teddy. He, he's never heard that story before. Well, I guess I haven't. Are you serious? Well, Tw- I don't recall it right now. 2015 Bedlam game. Yeah. OU goes up there and dominates Oklahoma State, wins the Big 12. And they kept showing some kid. It looked like he was with the paddle people. Uh And he was, and the way that he was paddling the side of the wall there, there was like a Rudolph the Reindeer costume in front of him. And, Uh. yeah, the actions that were taking place there just made it look, it it didn't look good. Was it kind of like the old old Texas Tech ringing the bell on the sideline? Yeah, but... The Worse? reindeer was in front instead. You, you've never seen that? <laughs> I probably have. Oh Tyler. Oh, my gosh. That was Dude. eight years ago. Yeah, okay. I guess it, you act like it wouldn't matter if it was two weeks ago. If it happened in this that's year's fair. Bedlam game, you still Eight years ago has nothing to do with it. That's that's fair, but I'm just telling you. You know, I've my hard drive only has limited space in there, and I've got to purge old things to – to be able to comprehend and absorb uh, the new stuff. Will, will people flood Teddy's uh, Twitter line during the break here of that old uh, that old photo, that old video? Mm. Oh, we're late for a timeout. Yeah. I'm hanging out at Riverwind Casino today. Keep hitting the text line, 651-3439, Knippelmeyer text line. We will be back. A true Sooner fan wouldn't be caught dead without the KRF app. Join the Army. Get the app. Tell your friends. This is The Ref, where diehard Sooner fans listen. Here comes the Sandman. Ladies and gentlemen. Adam Sandler. One, two, three, four. The I Missed You Tour. Should we clap along? Trying to play guitar a little. It is The Rush on The Ref. Tyler McComas, Teddy Lemon, 405-651-3439 is the Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line. Did people send you the uh, the photo, the video there of poor Rudolph getting assaulted eight years ago? I do not have access to my Twitter account at the moment. Hmm. Well, um, once you leave there, uh, you'll uh, you'll get plenty, yeah. I'm sure. Yeah. That'll be <laughs> – yeah, I'll – I'll log on later. It's going to be like, what is all yeah. of this stuff going we'll on on my totally Twitter? We'll have totally forgotten the conversation. <laughs> then you'll open that up to, what is going on here? What? Huh? What? And there's somewhere between a 10 and 15% chance I don't remember it whenever I see it then. You know? 10 to 15, I'll bump that up to 55 <laughs> or 60, please. Go ahead and look hey, at we that. Got, we got championship weekend going on, man. What's your interest level? Extreme. You're going to hate watch a bunch of stuff? I'm not going to – I mean, I'll hate watch the Big 12 championship game for sure. Um, I'm going to hate watch – I'm going to cuss three teams tomorrow at 11 a.m. I'm going to cuss Ooh. Texas, I'm going to cuss Oklahoma State, and I'm mostly going to cuss BYU during the game as well for, yeah. for not being there, for, for blowing the lead. But my interest level is still high, um, especially since it feels like half the teams are really beat up going into this game. Bama sounds like they're going to be without Jace McClellan, their best yeah. running back. Florida State could be on its third-string quarterback. Um, Georgia's got some injuries. 
It feels like Ollie Gordon limps off for every game the past four weeks, you know, at some point during the game and then finishes strong late when he needs to. So um, I'm still really interested. I'm probably most interested in the Big 12 and SEC title games, but just for the overall playoff picture, if FSU has to start its third stringer, is that, I mean, can they beat a team like Louisville and still make the playoff? I I don't know. I, you know, with Florida State, I – okay, so there, there's got to be part of it earning it, right? And there's another part of it that is you got to put the best four teams in. And Well, is that what they do, or do they do something different? Because I, I don't well, know yet. They claim that – they're they're about putting the best four teams in. And if if they're about putting the best four teams in, in my opinion, FSU shouldn't make it if they win. Which is crazy to say, right? An undefeated conference power five conference champ, but they're a totally different team without Jordan Travis. Well yeah, and but that's why I feel bad for him is I know. Would we be saying that if Jordan Travis was healthy? Absolutely clearly, not. Yeah, and that you know what I mean. Like that's that's what sucks. Not that I, I am a Florida State fan or anything, but I, I guess there's some sympathy there because one hit totally changed the entire outlook for him. I know. I. It, but it, here's the thing, though. I mean, I we all want a fair play. Well, I say we all. I don't know what other people want. It seems to me that people would want a fair playoff with the best teams. And, like, lesser, but you want good matchups. We don't want a blowout. And if Florida State gets in and, let's say, Georgia beats Alabama, Georgia's the one seed, Florida State is going to get trampled by Georgia without Jordan Travis. The spread will be, like, 19, 20. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) Not more than that. It would be bad. They would have definitely earned it by running – the season running the table undefeated but man it's just i'm telling you man the committee has a nightmare scenario on their hands right now yep yeah they do guy from parts unknown says if they keep winning who are they slash you to say they're not one of the best four well i guess you never know right i mean that's why you play the game but you're you're whittling it down to four teams and there may be six or seven teams that are good enough and have somewhat, I mean, to on different levels, qualified to some degree to play in it. I mean, who's the committee to say it? Who's anyone to say it? I, You know, I mean, that's just kind of the nature of the beast when you've only got a four-team playoff. 918 says you should be cussing OU, not BYU. Well, maybe yeah. I'll just throw them. That's in, right. Maybe I'll just throw them in the rotation too, along with. Uh, We're mad at ourselves, but we're going to drag others down with us. I'm going to okay? project my anger at someone else's. How yeah. I'm going to how I'm going to go about tomorrow at 11 a.m. That's that's what I'm going to do. Um, I, this is a this is a bad spot for Oklahoma State, man. The the matchup is not great for them. The dead Longhorn in Stillwater, I'm sure uh, Sarkle come up with some way to use that, like they did the Brett Yormark comment. Apparently. That was the reason why Texas beat Tech by 50. But also because Texas knows style points could go a long way for them. And if they got a chance to run it up, buddy, I think that they're going to run it up on OSU tomorrow. Well, 
I just I don't love yes. the matchup for for OSU or their chances. Um, I wish I had seen that uh, situation before I took Oklahoma State to cover the fourteen and a half. Um, because it's just it's a massive unneeded distraction for the football team. You know, it's the biggest story. It's I, going to be the biggest storyline going into the game. Like no one's actually really talking right. about the game. It's about this today. It's it's, that's it's right. on ESPN. Is it like is it on the like the secondary yeah, page or on, on ESPN? The home page. It, yeah, I've got it on the home page. Uh, yeah, it's home page material, and like if you're looking for a reason to be uh, even more angry about it, it makes Oklahoma. Uh, people not university of residents here look like a bunch of crazy hillbillies yep now (laughs) fits at times but this is it's a it's a horrible look for the entire state frankly i mean it's a very gruesome photo i mean it's just it's just awful all the way around it's really disgusting i haven't i haven't seen now, I know there was supposedly something carved into it. I haven't seen, like, any of the close-ups. I just saw the, like, the kind of the the picture of the whole area of it out in front of the fr- uh, fraternity house. So, I, I don't need to see anything We're else. talking about Florida State maybe having its third-string quarterback tomorrow. And some are saying, um, like Rodney's saying it, this texture from the 405, well, Ohio State lost JT Barrett and won the national championship with Cardell Jones in 2014. Mm-hmm. There that is go. true. That was a very unique circumstance, though. I, I don't feel like most teams have a third-string quarterback on the roster that earns the nickname 12-gauge within his first two starts. But I may, maybe Florida State has that as its third-teamer. So what is the injury? yard touchdowns. What's the injury with uh, Nunamaker? Or uh, <laughs> what was Joe Dirt's last name? Nunamaker. Yeah. Yeah, that was his real last name. Uh Great Joe Dirt drop there, by the way. I really appreciated that. Hope others did as well. Thought to be a concussion that uh, from the Florida game last week. Now, oh hell, there was uh, there was video on Wednesday of him out at practice just throwing on throwing on air, and a lot of people were saying, "Well, that, that's proof right there. These concussion rumors aren't true. He's out there practicing." Well, that's like non-contact, just throwing the ball around. Florida State saying it's a game time decision tomorrow for their QB. But I'm guessing they yeah. already know who's going to play. I mean, it's kind of like throwing on air against Louisville's defense, isn't it? Do do, man! I'm on a for roll the Kentucky today, Wildcats Tyler. and the Stoops. It is, yeah, 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 yeah. Well, that's going to be tough, and I don't know. There's about it feels like three or four, maybe more nightmare scenarios for the committee. It honestly, I don't know that there is. What? If Michigan wins, if Georgia wins, if Louisville wins, Oregon, like what's the what's the easiest situation for in Oklahoma State, right? Is that the easiest situation for the committee? I think the toughest situation could be um, – I, I think the toughest situations are Alabama. like – Florida State's like, what do you do with them if they win, but it's close and it's ugly, Mm -hmm. right, and everyone else looks impressive, or the whole Alabama-Texas debate. If there's one spot left and it's between Bama and Texas, yeah. Well, but if there's one spot left and it's between Bama and Texas, like, that leaves out, like, the most important thing. 
your two-time running national champion with a 29-game winning streak, if they drop a close game in the SEC championship to a, a top five team or six team, they're just out of it. Like, that's crazy. You sure? You know? Well, no, I'm not I, sure. I know but you think that, and that's fine. I'm just, I, I don't, I don't. I, no, I, I don't. I, I, how else do you handle it? It feels because like it's going to be. Don't have a, it, you don't have an Alabama and Texas problem. You have an Alabama, Texas, and Georgia problem. It feels like a lot of years we have to create, or they create, drama and controversy. Well, could two lost Bama? Still get in over a one-loss conference champ, please. I mean, they, they kind of create that storyline the final weeks to get some interest. This is the first year. I mean, well, I don't know if it's the first year, but it's the there's going to be the most controversy in the Sunday ratings, more than any other year we've had up to this point. I, I don't think it seems to me unavoidable for there to be yep. a, a really big – fan base that is pissed off <laughs> yep it'll be great no it'll be awesome but i guess at least there's been a little bit of built like i've talked to some texas fans and why i well just happen to be in the same area and it almost feels like they have accepted the fate that they're going to get screwed and not make the playoff if they win semi-related and, and we're up against it so we'll make this short and if it leads to anything interesting we'll get to it next segment Conference championship, like this is a great weekend of college football, championship weekend. Are we always going to have championship weekend in conferences in college football? And I know it's a massive moneymaker for the conferences, but the more playoff games we play, the more consolidated, I, I guess, the conferences get. I, I don't. I just, I, I love the weekend. I think it's great. I don't want it to go away. I'm just wondering if this, some, this is something that will go away in time. <sighs> I don't know. I my I mean if there's a long enough timeline then I would say yes. In a long enough timeline and I don't know how long that is, you're probably gonna end up with a model very similar to the NFL. Right? Probably where I mean that's got, that's definitely where we're headed. I I have no doubt about that. Where, where you've got maybe, it almost feels like you've got the SEC and the Big Ten, and you're going to have, you know, six or eight teams from the SEC that, you know, win their divisions or whatever and, and how that goes, and then there's a playoff, and the winner of that conference ends up playing the winner of the Big Ten conference. You know, if these you could win your division, like, like winning your division is the big thing, yeah. and then maybe you finish with the best record in your entire conference. It, yeah, in yeah, seeding in the playoffs because it it feels like now more than ever, especially with the the conversation about Florida State and Clemson and the ACC. I if, if you end up having a couple twenty team conferences in the Big Ten and the SEC that have pretty much accumulated all of the best teams in the country, right, that's what they're going to try and do. I mean, that would be my guess. So I would say if you extend that timeline out long enough, then, yes, you'll get rid of Conference Championship weekend. All right, quick timeout. More from the rush coming up. Hour number one rolls on. Let's hit some texts. 
next. Stay tuned. A true Sooner fan wouldn't be caught dead without the KRF app. Join the Army. Get the app. Tell your friends. This is The Ref, where diehard Sooner fans listen. Take a walk on the wild side with Brahms' new spicy pimento bacon cheeseburger. This bacon cheeseburger adds southern flair to a classic. Featuring Brahms' pimento cheese piled high on a juicy hamburger patty with jalapenos and crispy hickory smoked bacon. Throw in a slice of American cheese to melt everything together for dreamy, cheesy goodness in every bite. Stop wasting time and go get Brahms' new spicy pimento bacon cheeseburger. Nothing's better than Brahms'. The Ref Radio Sports Network has the Sooner State covered. Yo, that's crazy. Kills a buzz like getting pulled over for buzz driving. Because buzz driving is drunk driving. Brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. It's the rush on the Ref. Tyler McComas, Teddy Lehman, 405-651-3439 is the Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line. And we got high school hoops tonight on krefsports.tv. All games, all girls games beginning at 6 p.m. Boys game to follow. We've got UConn at Norman High tonight. Westmore at Edmond Santa Fe. Moore at Norman North. Deer Creek at Edmond North. And uh, Putnam City at Edmond Memorial. Again, those all start at 6 p.m krefsports.tv. Go check out all the action. And uh, what one game tomorrow, Westmore at Moore, 4 p.m. and 5.30. So, good stuff there, krefsports.tv. Cherokee Sooner says, the committee is eyeballs deep in muddy waters. Yeah. That's one of the more popular tool songs. Yeah. Even I yeah. got that one. We need, we need a deep cut. Give me some deep lyrics if you're going to tie it to something. 918, if OSU beats Texas, then Mike Gundy deserves the coach of the year. Otherwise, Lance Leipold or BV should have won it. Hmm. I don't know. I didn't have some big take on the uh, coach of the year. I know Texas fans were really upset, but they were picked to win the league by a pretty yeah. wide margin before the year. And that's normally how it works out with conference awards is that the team that's picked to win the league, and if they enter in the conference championship game as the one seed, rarely wins that award. So I, I it wasn't all that surprising. I, I guess I don't, I don't have a huge issue with it that Gundy won it. Yeah, um, I, I guess it's just the timing feels weird to give it to uh, to give it to a coach that hasn't even won his own conference yet. You know, but I know that's kind of just how how it goes and how it has to be done. Um, it feels like it's the ultimate hex on what's about to happen. Uh, you're named coach of the year, then a bunch of idiot fraternity guys from Oklahoma State uh, kill an animal, drag it onto a fraternity lawn. It just seems like, you know, it's like, oh, yeah. oh my God, what's about to happen here? What a week for Muskogee, man. Jeez. Best week for Muskogee since when? Seth Luttrell gets the OU OC job, play caller. Okay. And uh, the Ruffers just won a state championship, 28-26 over Stillwater. First state title since 1986. Wow. I had no idea they were even playing in the state championship game. 6A2 How about champs. that? Yep. Great week hey. for Muskogee. Dang. 
I've long said, and I'm not the only one, uh, that Muskogee has an opportunity to be a really good football program. Now, uh, the splitting of the divisions there in 6A is very beneficial because, you know, Muskogee's not a very big uh, city. There's not a whole lot going on there. It's maybe one of the most stagnant cities in and I use the word city loosely here in all of Oklahoma. Um, right. They just, there's no way they can compete with your Broken Arrows and your Jinxes and, and oh, those yeah. schools. The, so, the enrollment there. Uh, yeah. Yeah, that's for sure. Well, congrats to Muskogee. Big that's time. awesome. Yeah, that is cool. Smiley from the 580 says, Do we get to wear the SEC logo in the bowl game since we're officially done in Big 12 play? Not supposed to, but who cares? I say put the SEC logo on the, on the uh, jersey, put the patch on there. What are they going to do? What are they going to do? Yeah. The officiating can't be any worse in some of these games. You're used to it by by this point. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Man, I'm still thinking about Muskogee High. Congratulations to those guys. That's awesome. Uh, I guess uh, uh, Gavin Freeman's would, I guess it would be his grandfather coached Muskogee High at one point. When they were really good in the nineties, I had I did not know that. That's that's thank thank you for relaying. I that. think that's am I am I I may be wrong. Am I wrong on that? Text Seth Latrell and ask him. He would know. Yeah, I'm sure you have his number. Nine one eight. Really, Tyler? No way in hell you thought Texas was winning the Big Twelve before the season started. I, I'm telling you where they were picked by the in the Big Twelve preseason poll before the year. That's what I'm talking about. They had yeah. the, like seventy five percent of the votes. I think maybe more to win the conference. Hmm. Yeah. I mean, that's. I guess you factor that in. I don't know. I. That's why I'm saying it's weird. It would be weird to give it to Texas and Sark wins it, and they get beat by Oklahoma State. Just like it's going to be weird that you give it to Mike Gundy at Oklahoma State, and they have three losses and didn't win the conference and end up in the texas bowl yeah yeah so just kind of strange how it's all unfolded yeah i, I mean it, it is in a way you are you've rewarded mike gundy for the awful play early and you know what it, it's kind of feels like a reason that he did win the award is they were so bad early on but got it fixed that that was a probably the majority reason why he's big 12 coach of the year oh well honestly i mean maybe it should be neil brown West Virginia. He tried to say that we're, we're, we're picked to finish last. We ain't going to finish last. Yeah. And they were a Hail Mary away from being, what, 9-3 and three this season, I think? Yeah. Dang. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and we looked at their schedule at one point and was like, man, West Virginia has a chance to make, make their way to the Big 12 championship game with the, with the schedule that they had. But obviously that did not happen. Man, I, I tell you, if anyone's an encyclopedia for Muskogee high school football history, it's you. You're the rain man of Muskogee high school football information. Freeman's grandfather did coach there, and Jason yeah. Freeman played there as well. That's right. So you're all-knowing. That's right. That's right. And uh, now Jason had a younger brother that was my age that was an excellent football player really really good and then he he had he had something happen he got sick and and uh ended up not being able to play but yeah 
That's right. Well, I'm, they I'm were just, good then too. They were yeah. that was they were good in the nineties. Um, yeah. So there, there you go. go. Well, uh, so, so, I don't know much about the uh, the Big Twelve or Oklahoma State in the twenty fifteen game or any of that. that but two weeks ago, I could dial up some uh, some Muskogee Ruffers uh, football, which they got a brand new stadium. I think this is their first year in it. So awesome! All right, quick timeout. More from the rush coming up. We'll wrap up hour number one next. Nobody covers your team like the ref. If it's Sooner news and talk you want, it's right here all season long. This is your home for Sooner fans, the Ref Radio Sports Network, KREF.com, and worldwide on the KREF app. Here, we Here comes the Sandman. Ladies and gentlemen. Adam Sandler. One, two, three, four. The I Missed You Tour. Should we clap along? Trying to play guitar a little bit for you. Adam Sandler, live. Life doesn't always give you time to change the outcome, but pre-diabetes does. With early diagnosis and a few healthy changes, you can reverse pre-diabetes and prevent or delay type 2 diabetes. To learn your risk, take the one-minute test today at doihaveprediabetes.org. Brought to you by the Ad Council and its pre-diabetes awareness partners. Cavens Group, bringing you the sour of the rush. If you have an emergency 24 hours a day, give Cavens a call. They specialize in fire, water, mold remediation, and crime scene cleanup. That's Cavens Group, 405-573-3048, 405-573-3048. I had uh, FOMO last night. I had major Ooh. FOMO this morning after hearing everyone that was at the field house last night say, that was one of yeah. the cooler OU basketball experiences I've ever had. It's been several years since I've been to an OU home game that's had uh, an environment like that. It's, it looked awesome, man. That's that was yeah. so cool. That I, now it looked awesome, and it looked like everyone was saying like this is where the games need to to be. Or I that's not going to happen. But maybe they do something like that a little bit more often. Like I don't know how far out you have to plan something like that, but it did look good. It looked like the the students had an awesome time. Would they be willing to to keep coming back for something like that? I don't know. Perhaps um, as long as you're winning games, you know. Um, it looked like it was an awesome environment. So I'm hey, I'm down for it. I, I would that, guess that holds, holds like fifty five hundred. Is that what I saw? Uh, I don't know. Is it even that much? I think it was it over. Just I don't know. Over, I thought that that was high, but maybe I thought just that's over what I saw somewhere. Three thousand is what they had last okay. night. But that was such a you know how they envision that when you have an idea like you map it out in your head how you'd like for it to go. I think it maybe even exceeded expectations for Porter Moser and the the OU basketball team, yeah. right? And forget that they scored the most points in the Porter Moser era last night. But just the amount of students that showed up, how crazy it was, the atmosphere, people that were there say they were, like, in the game, you know. Um, they, yeah. they were all about it. My guess is that it went so well they will continue to do it once a year moving forward. Now, I don't, I don't know that. Like, I haven't talked to anybody that said that. That's just my guess, seeing as it went so well. Now, will they do it if Kentucky's coming to town or a highly ranked Arkansas team? I don't think so. My guess would be it probably looks like what it did last night. A team like Arkansas Pine Bluff in the non-conference, and you do it 
on a Thursday, Friday night, something like that. That'd be my guess. Yeah, yeah. I mean, maybe that's maybe that's best. I I don't know. So it it probably is out of the question to do it again this year, right? I don't think it's out like of the just question. Because, I just I don't. They don't have that in the plans right now, so I don't think that's going to be the case. Yeah, because I, I guess my, the reason I say it's out of because you probably people have already bought tickets to other games. I'm sure. So yeah, but but that's kind of what we've we've discussed over the years is uh, if you're going to get the students out there, they have to feel like they're in the action and a part of the game, and and that's what it that's what it looked like last night. That was awesome. All right. Quick timeout. We got hour number two of the rush coming up next. Stay tuned.